This is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. It's the motherfucking holy grail. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Our teenagers. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. <laughs> This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fuck's going on, everybody? How, have you, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the GTFOH podcast. Get the fuck out of here. It's your boy, Recognize. My friends call me Rec, it's Billboard Baggins. If you're nerdy, it's Billy Baggins. If you're nasty, if you're nasty. Um, welcome back. Episode 54, Protect Life. Protect Life. Oh, protect the life. We must protect the life. That's the fucking vibe out here right now. We need, we need to protect this shit, all right? Shit's getting fucked up out here. You already know. Um, yeah, I'm feeling myself today. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, my, I'm on my British cat game, you know what I mean? That's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling. This is the way the world is today. I don't know. It just made me want to get like this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to find my way in this fucking cold world. Um, we can get right to it because shit's crazy. Uh, let me just say, um, I, I I may have to. F- I'm still trying to figure out the logistics of taking this show on the road for tour. If I can't map it out to where it's gonna be high quality or the quality at least that you could come to expect from this program, um. I may have to end this season. You know what I mean? I don't know. Either that or take a hiatus and then come back for, I guess, just like a little bit of November and December before we wrap it up. I don't know how we're going to do that. I might have to just end the season and then come back strong at the top of the year. I don't know. We have to figure that out. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it right now. But uh, if that is the case, then we're coming to the end of season two, motherfuckers. Shit. I mean, we made it. Looks like you made it. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know. We'll figure it out soon. We'll do it live. Uh, You know what it is. Fuck the corporate sponsors because we have none. Uh, You are the supporters of this show. Uh, If you want to support the show, a lot of people have been asking me recently, like, uh, and also there's been some confusion about Patreon uh, being connected to the monthly supporters of the show. The only way to monthly support this show specifically and get listed in this list of monthly supporters right here is to go uh, to the link in any of the social media for this podcast or go to um, anchor.fm forward slash the GTFOH podcast slash support. And um, you can you can hit us up there with a little little contribution. You know what I mean, keep this fucking whole thing moving. Um, and maybe one day I'll be able to hire Gia. That's that's really the goal. Every contribution that you put towards the show gets me one step closer to hiring Gia. Yeah. Ah, man. 
I need to hear you guys for real, though. I need to hear you guys. If you don't want this show to end, you want to keep it going, I need to feel your presence. I need to feel you somehow, some way, shape, or form. Drop a line to the show. You know how to do it already. Either email us a line to the gtfohpodcast at gmail.com or hit up any one of the social media links. Find it. There's a link there to drop a message to the show. Drop me a line. Let me know you listen to the show. Let me know you're out there, man. I feel lonely. <laughs> I feel lonely in here, man. Fuck. What? I'm here talking to myself for fuck's sake. Um, all right, so the monthly supporters, the one and only. You already know who you are, but let's go. My people, Aina. Aina Madeline Sonmark, by the way. I never say your full name, but all right, I see you, Aina. Uh, Paul Reed, a.k.a. Deadpool, a.k.a. Healing, getting better by the motherfucking day. We can rebuild it. We have the technology. Kaylee Carr. Dustin Carson, Tanya Lopez, a.k.a. Music Witch, Lucas Stevin, uh, Randy Catan, Denny Jean-Paul Gagne, Christina Valenzuela, Brandon Nevin, Miguel Venegas, uh, Vinod Shutakaran, Matthew Wright, Amanda Churchin, Dylan Shackelford, Eric Wenzel, Samantha A. Robinson, a.k.a. Sam Sotani, a.k.a. Restart the motherfucking up. Julio Martinez, Connie Wellman, Adam Rothstein, Cody Omer, Nicholas Begay, Robert Rousseau, Katie O, aka Special K, Janelli, uh, aka Gia, aka uh, Mrs. Rob, uh, Ryan Rockwell, Mallory Kuda, Tony G, aka Sleepy Tony, Brandon Mullen, Michael Lockwood, uh, aka Circle Pit Mike, Austin Chenoweth, Misty Galtney, Norman Joseph Penberthy the Sixth, Jan V, and Christopher Carbajal. They're making fun of me because I, I say Gridlock's name every week our resident troll in the Wrecking Crew, and he, his name's listed here, and honestly, I can't fucking remember which name is his. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it Brandon Moe? No, that's not it. I'm looking at the names. I'm trying to figure it out now. I'm going to have to go to Patreon and look that shit up. Well, anyways, thank you guys for supporting the show. You guys are the fucking truth. Um, I love you guys. I, I, I'm a little bit under the weather the last day or two. I got a little cold. I'm about to sneeze right now. I got a little cold, and it's so funny, the world we live in now, um, I'm here, like, happy I got a cold and shit, because I started to feel a little bit, like, stuffy, and I started to get a little sniffles and shit, and I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking COVID. Shit. Fuck. And um, I just realized it's just a little cold, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm happy about that, because, you, you know, you know when, when have you ever been happy you just had a cold? Now I'm just like, oh, thank you. Get the fuck out of here. It's fucking cold. It's only a cold. Oh, God. I can't get COVID. I can't get COVID two weeks before our fucking tour kicks off, all right? It's very difficult to go on a long tour uh, and not get fucking sick. It's so hard. I, I, me personally, like, I don't know if it's because I'm a tourist or what the fuck, but I always get sick on the road. Um, I think alcohol has a lot to do with it. But, man, I always get sick on the road. It's fucked up. Um, so I'm really trying my hardest. You know what I mean? I got the 5G or whatever. So I'm trying my hardest to not get sick on this tour. I really, really don't want to get sick. Um, so let's just pray for that. Let me just, this, this is my body saying, oh, I'm just going to get a little cold right before you, you know, go on the road. Because on the road, you're not going to get sick. You're going to be chilling. So I'm like, okay, body, I see you. Well, let's do this then. Let's, let's get over this bitch-ass cold and then go on the road for six weeks and be fucking invincible. God damn it. All right, well, um, fuck the bullshit.
At 11, pay more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. Yeah. So fuck it, man. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Give me some fucking headlines, all right? Shit. I want to get right into it tonight. Fucking I got shit to do, goddammit. Um, Ebroad, I see you. Thank you for signing up on the Anchor and becoming a monthly supporter. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, you are the fucking truth. You are the man. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Let's jump right into it, folks. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to start tonight in Encino, California. Uh, we're just going to start it off with a dark turn right off the fucking rip. Uh, shit, actually, you know what? Fuck. I think I got a clip for this one. Roll the clip. In a plastic surgery tragedy, police say a young woman died after a procedure performed by a mother-daughter duo in Encino. They're now charged with murder, and police want to know if there are more victims out there. As Eyewitness News reporter Amy Powell shows us, police have video from inside one of the procedures. <laughs> Carissa Rajpal, seen in a video posted on social media, undergoing oh, butt yeah, augmentation. Rajpal had two procedures performed illegally at a home in Encino last September. She died after getting a third procedure. Police say Lydia Adame and her daughter Alicia Gomez presented themselves as specialists. Both have been arrested on murder charges. These individuals have no medical training. Uh, they are not experienced, and they are putting people's lives and health at risk. Investigators suspect the women injected Rajpal with some substances used by qualified cosmetic physicians, but combined them with dangerous chemicals. They were mixing them with other uh, chemicals and other substances that clearly are not appropriate for any kind of medical procedure that would be performed on a human. Police say Rajpal came to Los Angeles from South Africa, hoping to work in the adult film industry. They say they've contacted other victims who have suffered long-term health issues after having procedures and believe there may be many others. We're also seeking relatives of victims who may know information, who may have had loved ones that either were medically disfigured or had passed away following some of the procedures that these suspects were involved in. Victims are being urged to contact the LAPD or their local law enforcement agency. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Get more great ABC7 yeah, content by clicking... Fuck out of here! We don't need you, Mark Brown. Thank you. Oh, God damn. Where do I start? Where do I start? Fuck. Man. She was from South Africa. She was trying to get in the adult film industry. These are all things related to my life one way or the other. All right? What the fuck? Um, shit. Wow, the woman who died, her name was Carissa Rajpal. She's seen in a video posted on social media, and in the video that she posted to her social media, she put a little, a little GIF, little animated GIF thing or whatever that said, clocking out. Get the fuck out of here! Come on, people! The fuck? I'm trying to be respectful here, but shit, man, what the fuck? 
You're making it too hard. Um, the footage, that footage you just saw right now is now part of a Los Angeles Police Department's investigation. She had two procedures illegally performed at a home last September and died undergoing the third procedure. All right, third time, absolutely not the fucking charm. Get the fuck out of here! Police said uh, Libby Ademi and her daughter Alicia Gomez presented themselves as specialists, which they absolutely were fucking not. Get the fuck! Out of here. Both suspects have been arrested on murder charges. Uh, they have no medical training. Surprise, surprise. They're not experienced, and they're putting people's lives at fucking risk. Uh, at risk. Investigators suspect the women injected Raj Paul with some substances used by qualified cosmetic physicians, but combined them with dangerous chemicals. They were cutting the fucking... They were cutting the ass fat. Get the fuck out of here! Like, with baking soda and shit. Uh, they were mixing them with chemicals and other substances that are clearly not appropriate for any medical procedure that would be performed on a fucking human. Get the fuck out of here! God damn it. They're seeking additional victims and relatives of victims who may have had loved ones disfigured or passed away. Come on, folks. I'm going to need you guys to relax with the illegal procedures, all right? The fuck is wrong with you guys? Are you serious? Did that seem like a good idea? Hey, guess what? You could save 50% on this um, on this butt lift, but there's a chance of death. Get the fuck out of here! Come on. I saw somewhere else it was uh, written that they were uh, cutting those cutting the silicone that was supposed to be injected into this um, lady's derriere uh, with um, the same material that you would caulk your windows with. Get the fuck out of here! Apparently, um, those chemicals that are not intended for use in humans, once they hit your bloodstream, they attack the heart, the brain, and the kidneys, and then it may be time for you to get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. So I'm going to need you guys to do me a favor. All right. And if you want to get pump, pump, if you want to pump, 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 pump it up, that's totally fine. All right. I mean, don't do it because you know, we like it all natural out here in this motherfucking shit. You know what I mean? Either way, we fucking either way, all right? But um, if you do have to get a little procedure done and that's going to make you feel good, all right, do your thing. But hey, maybe, just maybe, do it legally. Get the fuck out of here. All right? And pay the full price. Get the fuck out of here. Just come on. Don't caulk your windows, all right? There's, there's a cock joke in there somewhere, but I'm just too tired today to fucking make it, all right? So you guys fill in the blank and do your own cock joke, all right? Flawless, what up? I see you. Uh, shout out to James Fonner Jr. All right, for that story. He's our resident Apple genius in the Wrecking Crew and apparently um, subscribes to uh, stories that involve ass inflation. All right? Shout out to you, James. I see you, bro. I fucking see you, dog. Just do squats like a normal person. Straight up. Just do fucking butt lifts. You know what I mean? Do the butt lift challenge or the, or the butt Brazilian squat challenge or whatever the fuck. Don't cock your ass, all right? Cock your ass. Stop it. Stop Get it. the fuck out of here. Oh, God. All right. Um, let's keep going. Let's keep, I don't know. I, I just... Um, let's go to... Where are we going for this one? I forget where this one takes place now. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. United Kingdom. No. Oh, God. Do I have to read this one? Don't make me read this one. You may get a USB cable in a package, but that doesn't mean that you should put the cable inside your own package. Get the fuck out of here! That's not my joke. I just read it. 
Um, apparently, if you have a penis or are, are empathetic towards any penises in your area, a new case report published in the Journal for Urology Case Reports. That's a fucking thing, by the way. Are you subscribed to Urology Case Reports? Uh, go ahead and swipe up right now if you want to subscribe to Urology Case Reports. Uh, anyways, this new report in Urology Case Reports may make you cringe. For this case report, a team from University College Hospital in London, United Kingdom, um, shout out to my people in the UK, detailed what happened to a 15-year-old boy who decided to insert a USB cable into his own urethra. Get the fuck out of here! No. Yes, he did it. Although USB stands for Universal Serial Bus, and Universal seems to apply everywhere, there are limits to where a USB cable should go. For example, it typically should not go in your urethra. All right. Instead, people tend to use uh, USB cables to connect computers to peripheral devices such as cameras, printers, scanners, and storage devices. Uh, note that the list does not include your fucking penis. Get the fuck out of here! Uh, in general, your penis doesn't usually qualify as a peripheral device, regardless of what you may call it. Uh, nonetheless, the saga described in the case report began when the teen decided to insert the USB cable. It hurts painful to read this shit. Uh, into his penis via his urethra. Now such a statement usually be uh, begs a follow-up question such as why the fuck would he do that? Rather than a response like, well, naturally, or of course, uh, the teen eventually told doctors that he did it. Wait for it, wait for it. He did it to measure the length of his penis. Get the fuck out of here! Triggered by sexual curiosity, nonetheless. Uh, when he tried to remove the USB cable from his urethra, he couldn't do it. So instead, he noticed blood in his urine. Oh, it hurts. This prompted him to go to the emergency department. Uh, damn, you know how people be embarrassed sometimes to go to the ER? You ever watch that show, like when they do, like, it's like a reality show about the ER, and then they'd be like, well, this guy came in and he had a fucking hamster in his ass or whatever. This is like one of those stories, like, damn, what, like, I'm sometimes like don't want to go to the like hospital in the past when I like think I might just have bad gas or some shit. You Get know that? the fuck out of here. This guy had a fucking uh, a, a piece of hardware in his fucking dick. Get the fuck out of here. Shit. Uh, he noticed blood in his urine. Uh, this prompted him to go to the emergency department. Uh, doctors first tried using a scope to remove the cable. And in this case, a scope didn't mean kaleidoscope, telescope or mouthwash. It meant a fucking rigid cytoscope. Which went into his urethra. Get the fuck out of here! I'm gonna be sick. Such a scope can have either a blade or a laser that can cut away tissue inside the urethra. I'm getting dizzy. To help loosen and remove the cable. Get uh, the fuck out of here! Uh, while the words blade, laser, or cut next to the words urethra and penis may seem uh, fucked up to you and invasive, it is actually the less invasive way of dealing with a urethra problem. However, this procedure could not remove the cable. <laughs> Wait for it. Due to a knot in the USB Get the cable. Fuck out of here. Ah! How did this fucking asshole knot the USB cable? How did that happen, bro? If you're gonna, I'm just saying, I, I like if you're gonna use a little bit of logic here, you might want to at least like, why don't you just straighten it out? You know what I'm saying? You know, like you could straighten it out and get it right before you're gonna do your measurement. And then I'm like, all right, bruh, you want it? You're 15. I get it. You're an idiot. Yeah, it's cool. We're all 15 and idiots. We're, we're all doing dumb shit when we're 15. But if you're gonna measure your dick, why don't you just? And you want to use the USB cable? Why don't you just put it right to the side? Get the fuck out of here! But, you know what I'm saying? Like, bruh, just be like, okay, here we go. Here's my dick. 
And here's 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 the USB cable. All right, I would say I'm about like uh I'm about like three quarters of the way of this USB cable. This is fucking great. I'm only 15. This is about to be cracking. It's about to be popping. Bro, why would you put it inside? That doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Oh god. All right, where was I? I'm starting to, the room's starting to spin. Uh, there was a knot in the cable. That's where we were in our lovely story. Uh, this led to the patient being transferred to the University College Hospital Department with deeper experience and greater expertise. Get the fuck out of here. There the adolescent asked to be examined without his mother present. Oh, no, this is like American. This is like the British version. This is like British pie. This is like British pie for real. He's like, Mom, sorry. Dad, get out of here. I got a USB cable in my dick. After all, this wouldn't be your usual mother-son conversation. The adolescent, the, whoever wrote this article, was having a fucking blast. All right, I just want to say that right now because they're they're really getting loose with the writing. Uh, the adolescent then described to the doctors who authored the case report all that had transpired, and the doctors found no evidence of any pre-existing physical or mental health issues. Debatable. All right. What? Get the fuck out of here! Are you kidding? Mental health issues. I'm pretty sure he's got a mental health issue. He put a USB cable in his fucking Get dick. the fuck out of here! Next, the doctors checked x-rays to confirm the exact position and shape of the formatted knot, and the patient was transferred to the theater. Damn, imagine you went to the theater that day. You were like, oh, no, I'm just going to catch a little surgical a little surgical procedure. You ever watch The Nick? It's my favorite show. Uh, I'm just going to go and watch a little, you know, maybe just a, an appendicitis or something. Just something standard. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to eat lunch there. I'm going to have junior mints. Oh, shit, there's a USB cable with that guy's dick. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> ah! Um... Uh, in the words of the case report, uh, he was transferred to the theater. Um, in the operating room, I'm cutting out so many whack-ass jokes that this person made in this article. I just want you guys to know that I'm working hard on this story because I got to cut through a, a lot of fat. In the operating room, surgeons made an incision into the penis. Notice that the cable had been cut in two segments and then removed both segments. After sewing up his urethra and penis the surgeons then inserted catheters so that urine could bypass the affected area for a while to allow it to heal two weeks later doctors checked the area didn't find any leakage or excessive scar tissue and removed the catheters um yeah and that is the end of this young man's story get the fuck out of here there's a whole bunch of other they're talking about other scenarios where the shit like people put stupid shit in their dick but I think we've had enough I think we've had enough they do have a uh picture of him though they said we can rebuild him we have the technology uh, let me check him out his name uh, is has not been mentioned but he's been nicknamed patient uh robo cack get the fuck out of here hey i'll be here all week thanks folks appreciate you guys yeah uh, uh, yeah you can have weird nightmares i'm gonna have weird nightmares with you that was fucking painful shit my goodness, not the electric pickle. Oh, Miyagi, the electric pickle. Yes, that's a club in Miami called Electric Pickle. Man, shit. He's like, yo, girl, you send me some nudes? Yeah, fuck yeah, send me some nudes, yo. Send me a little something. Show me, show me what you're working with. Oh, no, I don't want to. I, you know, I'm scared it might get leaked or something. You know, like everyone who puts their pictures in the cloud. Nah, I don't have to put the pictures in the cloud. Put the pictures in my dick. Get the fuck out of here! All right, let's go. Let's do something lighter. Um, oh, also, shout out to Eric Wenzel for submitting that story. You sick bastard! What are you doing to me, dude? 
where do you fucking get that story, dude? Where, where did that, how did that story cross your fucking feed? You know what I'm saying? What the fuck? And that story was also written by Bruce Lee, for fuck's sake. Yeah, Bruce Y. Lee. Shout out to Bruce Lee. He was having a fucking ball. He made so many, like, cock jokes and dick jokes. Like, he made me look like a fucking amateur. He was out here just making all the dad jokes about USBs and dicks and shit. Um, all right, let's keep it moving, I guess. Um, let's go to a dark turn, but no, really a lighter turn. Um, this is the light, darker turn. The world's most popular funeral songs for 2021 have been revealed. Fuck yeah. Let me find out. The results are surprising, though. Yeah. You, you really be surprised. Analyzing over 300,000 songs from Spotify playlists with the titles Funeral Songs, My Funeral Playlist, Mum's Funeral, and Dad's Funeral, um... They came up with what uh, seemed to be the most popular fucking uh, funeral songs. All right. First on the list was Cigarette Daydreams by Cage the Elephant, followed by See You Again featuring Charlie Puth by Wiz Khalifa and Ricky Montgomery's Mr. Loverman in second and third place. Ed Sheeran's Supermarket Flowers came in at fourth place. Surprisingly, uh, traditional hymns are completely absent from the list. No shit, which could suggest a declining demand for such songs at funerals. Yeah, like who the fuck's going to play a traditional hymn in 2021? Um, some classical works, though, have fallen out of favor. Uh, but cl- other classics like Frank Sinatra's My Way remain highly popular choices, especially for the dads. Shout out to the fucking dads. Alternatively, uh... Robbie Williams' Angels from 97 has remained a go-to among those looking for a more modern backdrop to their final farewell, although the record's from 97, so what the fuck. Uh, In in 2021 terms, 97's like 100 years ago. Uh, Upbeat anthems were also put forward, including Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky, which combines the narrative of eternal ecclesiastical love with the vivifying sound of 70s rock. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Despite its ambition to climb to the heavens, Greenbaum's classic didn't make it to the top 10, though. Uh, of course, humorous songs were also popular, and for the jokesters who can't resist one last gag from Beyond the Grave, Highway to Hell by ACDC is a favorite. Yo, imagine you go to somebody's funeral and they're like, well, Rob was a great guy, and we love him so much, and we're really going to miss him, and he really wanted us to play this song as he exited and made his grand exodus to the, to the great beyond. I'm on a highway to hell. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. All right, you guys want to hear the top 15? Here's the top 15 funeral songs based off of Spotify information on 2020, uh, 2021 playlists. All right? Cigarette Daydreams, Cage the Elephant, number one. See You Again by Wiz Khalifa, number two. Mr. Loverman by Ricky Montgomery. I've never heard that one. What the fuck does that have to do with it? Why would you play that at your funeral? Mr. Loverman? All right. Supermarket Flowers by Ed Sheeran's number four. Number five is Mer- uh, I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me. Uh, take me. I can only imagine. Take me home. I think that was six. Is Country Roads by John Denver. Seven is Creep by Radiohead. Okay, Creep. Um, eight is uh, I'll see you again. I can't see the artist on that one. It's blanked out. Uh, nine is Spirit in the Sky. Norman Greenbaum. Ten is Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Eleven is Jealous by Labyrinth. Twelve is Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Who the fuck is playing Super Bass at their funeral? Bruh. What the fuck? I gotta go back and hear that song. Does that song even make sense to be played at a funeral? I don't get it. That's fucking weird. Get the fuck out of here! What the fuck do I know? I'm just a dinosaur in this young world. Uh, Adele, Someone Like You is 13. 
Uh, 14 is Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. And of course, the reason why I said this would be a light turn, though, all right, is because you had to know that number 15, my man Rick Astley. Never gonna get you up. Never gonna take you back. Never gonna find out Fuck you. Bro, that somebody played. They, there's a lot of people playing Rick Astley. Never. They're Rick rolling on their fucking way out of life. And I can't front. It's kind of dope. Kind of dope. The ultimate Rick roll. Straight up. Man. Like. I want people to have a good time and party and like laugh and joke around at my funeral and shit, but I also want people to be kind of sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know, but I, I mean, having the idea of like some silly shit happen, like Rick Astley's never gonna give you up being played, like when everyone thought it was gonna be some deep shit, is kind of enticing. And I can't front, I wouldn't mind having something like that. I might, I might have to arrange something like that with my people. Like, I, I might not, like Rick Rowley might be a little too on the nose, you know what I mean? Maybe like I'll, oh, actually, I just had an idea. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. But um, you're gonna have to wait a while because I don't plan on fucking dying anytime soon. Get the right? fuck out of here! Out of here. Out of here. Right. Shout out to me not dying. Yeah. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. All right. Well, that that was like a moderately light. I mean, that's why this episode is called Respect Life because, uh, or Protect Life rather, um, because I guess this this episode is pretty pretty dark for real. Um, that was like the lightest story in the first four. Um, and this, this next one is not funny at all, but I'm going to bring it up just cause I feel like we should fucking talk about it. Um, you know, we don't do religion and politics on the show, but the more I get into the show, the more comfortable I get and the more like just the world kind of just develops into what it's developing into. Sometimes you just got to cross them fucking lines. And, um, I got some, I got some, this story got sent to me. This story was hard to fucking avoid, but, um, I got sent this story by our own very own My Two Spence. And when he sent me the story, I was like, well, this shit, we got to talk about this shit. Um, I'm not going to be making no jokes in this. I just want to talk about it for a split second. Um, let's, let's just get into it. The Pentagon acknowledged on Friday that the last U.S. drone strike before American troops withdrew from Afghanistan was a tragic mistake that killed 10 civilians, including seven children after initially saying it had been necessary to prevent an attack on troops. The extraordinary mission provided a horrific punctuation to the chaotic ending of the 20-year war in Afghanistan will put President Biden and the Pentagon at the center of a growing number of investigations into how the administration and the military carried out Mr. Biden's orders to withdraw from the country. Now, I don't bring this up to be political. I don't want to, I'm not going to be divisive about it, left, right, Whatever the fuck, if you're conservative, if you're liberal, if you're a fucking Trump fan, if you're a Biden fan of whatever, whatever. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Really, I'm just like, uh, you know, I used to be um, heavy, heavy political. But now when I do music, I do music for a deep, um, you know, I, I do music that's mostly about life shit, emotional shit. I, I try not to get too political in music um, because I got so burnt out on the the politics of it, you know, no pun intended, but pun intended. Um, it just got to be too much. And what really hangs in the balance is life. Life hangs in the balance of this chaos. And they low-key, um, in so many ways, very much, I feel like, very much distract us from the real fucking point of this all, which is to live life, be peaceful, enjoy your life, um, let others enjoy theirs, help each other out. Let's be fucking a species together uh, with all this contentious 
uh, back and forth, left and right bullshit. Um, so um, almost everything senior defense officials asserted in the hours and days and weeks after the August 20th drone strike turned out to be pretty much false. Uh, just once again, uh, proving to us that you can't trust the fucking government. All right? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but bruh, the track record is not great. All right? The explosives that the military claimed were loaded in the trunk of a white Toyota sedan struck by the drone's Hellfire missile were probably water bottles and a secondary explosion in the courtyard in a densely populated Kabul neighborhood where the attack took place was probably a propane or a gas tank. In short, uh, the car that they targeted posed no threat whatsoever. The acknowledgement of the mistake came a week after a New York Times investigation of video evidence challenged assertions by the military. Shout out to the New York Times. Uh that it had struck a vehicle carrying explosives meant for the international airport. Defense Secretary Lord, uh, Lloyd J. Austin III ordered a review of the military's inquiry into the drone strike to determine, among other issues, who should be held accountable and the degree to which strike authorities' procedures and processes need to be altered in the future. Uh, congressional lawmakers, meanwhile, said they wanted their own accounting from the Pentagon. Uh, the general said the strike was carried out in the profound belief that, the ISIS, uh, that ISIS was about to attack Kabul's airport as the organization had done three days earlier, killing more than 140 people, including 13 American service members. So they went out and they said, fuck that shit. They went out for their revenge, ended up killing 10 civilians. Seven of those were children. So we got to stamp that. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Um, I don't know. You know. I, I don't I don't really know what else to say on that. Um, the picture that I'm showing you guys is um, a brother of one of the young girls who was killed in the drone attack. So seven kids, including this boy's sister, was killed in that attack. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this, if there's going to be any kind of uh, retribution or if there's going to be any kind of like, uh, I know they talked about doing some sort of like reparation support for these people that got you know their family killed, which doesn't really obviously fix anything. Uh, but I don't know what, where they're going to go from here, but... Um, obviously they made a, they made the fucking terrible wrong call. They, they, everyone got all ramped up and went out and fucking let's get our revenge and let's do this and boom, boom, boom. And they thought they had good intelligence and they didn't. And always in war, always in these conflicts, the people who get punished the most are the civilians that have nothing to fucking do with it. So we stamp that get as the well. fuck out of here. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, uh. I don't really know what else to say. It's kind of just felt like we should bring that up. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know where we go from there, but um, we got to do better. How about that? We got to do better. And uh, in the meantime, um, let's uh, let's go. Let's let's just keep it moving. Okay. So I think you should use this idea for your Florida, Florida segment and get the out, out of here. So... I came up with get on the Florida because when the cops come arrest you with their handcuffs, they're like, get on the floor so that they can put the handcuffs on. And since it's about Florida and all the crazy stuff that happens there, which is usually involved with the cops, so get on the Florida is Florida. And also get on the Florida. I mean, get on the floor. So I think you should use it because I'm smart. Get on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Ah, take me to that magic place. You know what I'm saying? Take me far away from the chaos. 
from the fucking the, the proposed new world order, the globalism, the fucking the uh, conservative liberal squabbling bullshit. Get the fuck out of here! And come down to a little place that I like to call Florida. Down the street. You know what I mean? It's a simpler place. We have simpler issues. And, um, you know, we, we, we're a complex state that's full of deep and emotional thinkers that, wait a second, is there a bitch in a fucking drain again? New video you'll only see on NBC2. Cars and trucks were driving right over that storm drain. They didn't realize a woman was trapped down there. You're watching the moment that a man spotted her out of the corner of his eye and heard a faint yell for help. They called police. They said the woman's legs were tied. NBC2's Gage Goulding is talking to witnesses there for the dramatic rescue. Emergency responders rushed right here to the parking lot of India's grill. A 911 caller said they heard someone yelling for help. That's when they found a woman trapped in this storm drain. Security cameras capture the moment this man heard the call for help. Minutes later, police, firefighters, and EMS filled the parking lot. But it was all blocked off. It was roped off. It looked like the police officers had uh, some kind of metal hooks that they had put in there and pulled up on it. Tim Brown is staying at the travel lodge right next door. It's the same hotel where police say the woman was staying. This fire truck blocks the view of the rescue, but authorities say the woman's legs were bound with straps. She doesn't know how she got into the drain in the first place. How did she get in there? That's a great question. These storm drains aren't easy to move. They're hundreds of pounds each, so heavy that I can't even get it to budge. Either she was very, very strong, <laughs> or somebody opened it up with a crowbar. That's only way you can get that open. I know I can't let Fort Myers police detectives reviewed three days' worth of security camera footage. They say that turned up nothing that gets them closer to answers. Unless she came from another sort, a pipeline or something, or were put down this way. Somebody doesn't just climb in there. You know, they don't bound themselves and climb in. As detectives continue their investigation, people staying at this hotel are wary of how this happened. Just told my girlfriend she's no longer walking through here by herself in the evening. So. Yeah, that's scary. It's very scary. Fort Myers police asks anyone who knows what happened to this woman to call detectives. Reporting in Fort Myers tonight, Gage Golding, NBC2. How the fuck? I just need a state right at the top of this. This is the second story on this show where a woman in Florida was stuck in a fucking drain. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck? Her name was April O'Neil. Where were the turtles? Where were the turtles? (laughs) Turtles wouldn't survive a day in Florida. Let's just be real. You know what I mean? Turtle soup. Turtle soup and gator bites. We'd we'd have have tore them up. April O'Neil, she'd be feet bound in a fucking sewer somewhere in Fort Myers, all right? Yeah, I'm a <laughs> well, shit, man. That fucking ha- like this is I can't believe I thought this was the same fucking story when it came up in my feed. I was like, "Wait, now nah, we did that. We covered that already." And nah, we don't need to cover this again. But no, a woman found naked in Fort Myers sewage drain on Friday night. This is Friday fucking night. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Uh, for those of you guys who are interested in visiting this place, because uh, I know you guys are keeping a list of like the Florida spots you want to hit from this show, uh, it's 4724 South Cleveland Avenue. It's near the Burlington Coat Factory and the Indian Grill, all right? So you can fucking check it yeah, fucking out. <laughs> I just want to know how she got in there. What the fuck? Um, you, I mean, she had to have come from a different drain. There was no way somebody lifted that shit up. They had to fucking, they had to lift up the thing with like a crane or some shit to get that shit out of there um 
Well, there you go, folks. You know what I'm saying? Make one time, make some noise for Florida. We are straight trapping bitches. <laughs> Sorry, lady. I, I hope you're okay. I hope you're okay. All right. But you know, like we, we felt really bad for that first lady. But you're the second lady this happened to. Like, what the fuck? Is there a serial drainer out here in Florida? Like, is he? Is he out here just like, I'm gonna get these girls. And I'm gonna put them in the sewer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't buy it. Something. Something ain't right there. I'm feeling like meth might be involved, but I don't want to. I don't want to assume. I don't want to assume. But it's often the case out here. All right. Uh, or bath salts. You know. You know how we get down. Yeah. Yeah, on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this story would probably, if you if you're not that bitch in the drain, it might make you want to be that bitch in the drain. All right, because I'm gonna introduce you now to um, uh, Mr. Um, what the fuck is this guy's name? <laughs> Let's go to Port Canaveral. Uh, no, is it Port Canaveral? What the fuck? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to Port Canaveral, but we're also going to Melbourne, and we're also going to Orlando. Yeah, I'm <laughs> We're all over Florida for this one. I need you guys to meet Joe Pinovich. Okay? Um, he um, has a, t- a few businesses, a few uh, uh, restaurants. Uh, he's, he's, the, he's the part owner of Grills Seafood Deck and Tiki Bars. Fuck yeah. As well as Sunrise Marina and Obsession Fishing Charters. And he's, he wants to let you know that he won't ask his 400 plus workers to get vaccinated. Yeah, right? <laughs> And you're like, okay, you know, we get it. Um, you know, like, I guess, you know, it's up to you. You want to leave it up to your, you know, what do you have a good reason? Do you, you like, you checked out like the, the scientific, you know, facts of it or whatever. Let's take it to Joe. Joe Penovich said, well, from a personal perspective, I believe God told me not to take this vaccine. Get the fuck out of here. Joe, God told you. Come on, bro. God, God told you in the middle of the night. He came to you in a vision, and he was like, Joe, I just want to let you know, don't take the vaccine. It's a microchip. <laughs> he wrote this in a letter sent to his employees earlier this week and posted on Instagram, because naturally, yeah, might as well post it on Instagram. Get too. the fuck out of here. I don't make a statement like that lightly, and I haven't shared that position publicly until now. It happened in a very powerful way during an intentional sabbatical of prayer, way before the debate became so heated or possibility of government action existed. Uh, Penovich said in the letter that he knows his position won't be popular with everyone. Get the fuck out of here. I realize there is a deep divide over this issue that will most likely never be resolved, he wrote. I also realize if you're not a believer, that statement may seem ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here! Joe. Kind of seems a little ridiculous. Um, uh, That divide is much more consequential, but I know the religion of Christianity has often been very politicized, very ugly, and very wrong. I pray that begins to change among the followers of Jesus Christ. Get the fuck out of here! I'm breaking all my rules tonight. I don't do religion and I don't do politics. I'm breaking all those rules. You're going to have to break your own rule tonight. Uh, Penovich said Thursday that he tried to write from a non-political viewpoint. I don't do politics, but religion, praise Jesus. Get the fuck out of here. God told me I don't need to renew my driver's license. He told me I don't need the vaccine. And he also said that if I jerk off, I won't go blind. Get the fuck out of here. He said, I'm not pro-Trump or anti-Biden, but I'm a very strong believer. Um, After weeks of prayer, he felt so strongly that God was telling him not to get the vaccine. (laughs) 
I love that shit. It's just the best. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel, I feel like religion must be so fun in regards to that, like, you can kind of explain away anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you know what? I wasn't going to have a cheeseburger today because, goddamn it, cheeseburgers are killing me. I have heart disease. But I just I th- I thought about it. I had some long, hard prayer. And then I heard Jesus saying to me, Go to Shake Shack. And I said, oh, shit, I'm going to get me a smoke shack. All right, fuck it. Praise the Lord. Get the cheese fries. Fuck it, have a custard, too. Their shakes are amazing. (laughs) Shout out to Amanda. I see you, girl. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you could just pray. You just explain it away. Prayer. I fuck with it. I'm jealous for real. Because I feel like people be abusing that shit. And I'm like, damn, I wish... I wish I was logged on to that movement so that I could also pray, you know, and be like, it came to me in a dream. I heard Jesus. He said, buy another drum machine. It's okay to buy mad drum machines recognized. Okay, God, I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll buy this one. I'll buy this one. This is is okay, God. I got it. I'm in there. Thanks, God. You're the best. Um... Anyways, uh, he doesn't feel he has the right to strong arm people into getting a vaccine with the threat of losing their livelihood. I kind of hear him on that. And he said he's not comfortable having that responsibility forced on him. Uh, I don't know why I got such a strong direction, but as an employer, I have to respect the rights of those people I employ to make that decision also. Um, says something about uh, $8,000 a month. We'll do that to the extent that we're financially able. Yada, 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 yada. Basically... He's not going to vaccinate any. He's not going to force any of his employees to get vaccinated. But I just wanted you guys to know that he got that message directly from the G O D. Get the fuck out of here! Shout out to Joe. Amen. Damn, I'm hungry now. Fuck. I'm not really supposed to eat. It's about to be 11 o'clock over here in Miami. I'm not supposed to eat this late, but. Hold on a second. God, is that you? It is me, my son. Oh, shit, God. You scared me, dude. Fuck, I'm doing a podcast right now. Do you mind? That's fine, my son. The podcast is amazing. I love it. You really should have more more listeners and also a corporate sponsor. But fuck that. You don't need corporate sponsors because you have your monthly supporters. I know. That's what I said. I was like, yo... I'm a monthly supporter. I don't need, you know what I mean? I don't need to be selling bed sheets for Casper beds or whatever, God. You know what I'm saying? I know. Well, I heard you were hungry. I Yeah, I'm super hungry. But, you know, I'm trying not, I'm like, I'm about to go on tour in a little while. And I'm trying to, like, stay kind of fit, you know, so I'm, like, trying not to eat late. But, um, you know, and also now I'm allergic to wheat. Why'd you do that to me, God? I felt like you needed to stop stuffing your face with bread. I fucking love bread. That's the thing. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I can't eat wheat now, so, like, I'm really just, I'm just really trying to get my shit together, you know? So I don't, I don't think I should, like, eat late, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm telling you now that I think it's best for everyone, everyone on planet Earth, if you go out right now to Taco Bell and get a fat chalupa. But, God, I think chalupa has wheat in it. Fuck that shit. It is my proclamation. Also, I want you to know that you should, uh... Get the fuck out of here! Thanks, God. You're the fucking... You're the truth, dude. You're the best. 
I'm gonna go have a chalupa after this shit. And I'm gonna take some glutenies. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so right. Alright, speaking of tacos. <laughs> random segue. But we can do it. We can fucking do it because we're in Florida and it doesn't even matter because it's Hispanic Heritage Month, alright? Shout out to all my Hispanics out here. Make some noise for the Jew. Okay. Trying to not to get canceled in this bitch. September 15th marked the start of Hispanic Heritage Month, and a Florida county wanted to help celebrate with a social media post, but apparently the GIF just didn't go over well. The GIF is up, bitches. Get the fuck out of here! The post was taken down hours after the damage had already been done. The post read, National Hispanic Heritage Month starts today, and it beings on the 15th of September every year so to celebrate the independence of latin american countries costa rica el salvador guatemala honduras and nicaragua what are you doing to celebrate and instead of uh it um instead of putting up some kind of like article or video or something and also they just mentioned a bunch of like latin american countries no no what was the image that they used to like affiliate with uh hispanic heritage month it was just this right here a cartoon taco Holding two maracas. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out! Of here. <laughs> Come on! Come on! I am British, South African, raised in Miami. I even I know that was not a good idea, and I'm like not really even sensitive for real. Like I feel like everything's on limits. You know what I mean? Like nothing is like you know what I mean. But still, nobody thought. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Come on, bruh. Broward County. You know what I mean? I grew up in Broward County for some years. I went to school in Broward County. You're fucking up, Broward County. You're making us look like assholes, all right? <laughs> These motherfuckers put up the most rudimentary fucking cartoon taco with long-ass legs, creepy-ass cartoon taco, with two giant oversized maracas, and put, National Hispanic Heritage Month starts today. Fuck yeah. All right, get your Hispanic on. Uh, it's on the 15th of September every year, and to celebrate the independence of Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, what are you doing to celebrate? Put the racist taco. Get the fuck out of here! Instead of its audience sharing how they were going to celebrate, social media users, of course, shared their outrage over the insensitive graphic. And now the county is being called out across national media outlets. Uh, Perez Verdia a Colombian-American who works as an advisor on Latino issues for Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried told the Washington Post she was surprised this is still happening in 2021. Really? Are you, though? You surprised this is happening? Seriously? You're not surprised this is happening. Um, Perez Verdia, and I'm not going to do an accent here because I feel like I'm going to skirt the line of, like, we're, everyone's offended in this story, so I'm just going to just read it normal. Uh, there are so many other things that represents us as Latinos that uh, than a taco with sour cream on top. It's just not who we are, all right? And I would say, I mean, for, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Taco's Mexican, you know what I'm saying? And we, we're from the East Coast, you know what I mean? We can't even get good Mexican food in Miami for real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, make some noise for that. Get the fuck out of here! According to 2019 census data, Hispanics and Latinos account for 26.4% of Florida's population and 31% of Broward County. Yet, they thought it was a good idea to put fucking Tommy the Taco on their fucking tweet. Come on, what are you doing? 
Uh, oh, this is the best part. The Washington Post spoke to Gregory Meyer, assistant director of the Broward County Office of Public Communications, who's about to get fucking fired. Bring me Meyer. I want him fired. Uh, who said the employee who made the post is not Hispanic. <gasps> get the fuck out of here! You mean to tell me that the person who posted this fucking simple-ass taco graphic is not Hispanic? Get the fuck out of here! No shit! <laughs> um, it was not our intention to offend anyone, alright? Uh, Meyer shared that the person is, that was not Hispanic didn't know any better. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck here. out of here! I'm gonna go, that's bullshit. I mean, they must have not known any better, because who the fuck would post a taco when you're talking about all those countries? You know what I'm saying? Go look at look at the cuisines of all those countries that were mentioned. Tacos is not on the fucking list from what I know. All right, jeez. Uh, Meyer shared the employee has now been canceled. Uh, canceled, <laughs> basically. Uh, he's now been counseled, also canceled, but he's been counseled on cultural sensitivity. Get the fuck out of here! Fuck yeah. A dancing taco is not representative of the Hispanic community and should not have been associated with the annual celebration, Meyer told the Washington Post. It was not our intention to offend anyone with our previous post, but rather acknowledge National Hispanic Heritage Month in a celebratory way. Get the fuck out of here! Oh, good times. Good fucking times. Um, Alright, good times. Uh, let's keep moving. <laughs> Shout out to James Farner Jr. who made two stories this week. Look at you, James. Just you're busy, dude. You're active. Came with a taco story also. Like, look at you. I feel like James, you might do James, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you do find that taco insensitive and offensive? Or were you like, what's wrong? What's wrong with tacos? Are you gonna eat your tots? You know what I'm saying? Like, did you I feel like you might have thought the taco was okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, all right? Um, all right, let's do one more Florida story. We got, um, oh, it's, uh, what, nine days away? No, yeah, yeah. It's about nine days away until I take my wife up to Orlando. Uh, I'm not going to be around for her birthday at per fucking usual pre-COVID uh, because we're all, we'll be on the road. So we're going to do a little birthday trip for her. Uh, we're going to do Horror Nights, you know, because I fucks with Horror Nights heavy. And then we're going to um, go to the ma Magical Kingdom, the Magic Kingdom, the most magical place on Earth, because my wife loves that shit. And um, if you've never seen it before, uh, there's an Instagram page called Disney Wife Willing Husbands. A little, a little invention that I put together some years ago. It never went viral or anything, but I'd like to think, you know, in my mind, it, it went viral in my heart, all right? Uh, and that was basically like uh, an idea we had where my wife's super amped and geeked about fucking everything Disney. And I was like not as enthused. So we would go and like ride rides and go to like events and stuff and basically take pictures there where she was gassed and like having a fucking blast and a great time. And I was like miserable as fuck. And it was a lot of fun to do. And I, I feel like for this trip, um, we're going because it's the 50th anniversary of, of Disney. Oh, you don't have to clap for that. No, you don't have to clap for that. Um, so it's the 50th anniversary or whatever, and I'm, I'm gonna take her and shit so she can get her fill and, you know, soak in, soak in the festivities. Fuck yeah. But, um, I feel like I'm going to reboot Disney wife, Willie husband, Willie husband, <laughs> willing husband for that shit. Yeah. Clap for that shit. You know what I mean? I'm willing. I'm willing and able. Anyway. Uh, so I'm going to need to holler at this dude right here though. Okay. 
Florida man. Oh shit, it's our first sighting of Florida man. Florida man, Florida man, lives in Florida, say he's Florida man. That's right. Florida man, Florida man. Okay. Get on the Florida, it's Florida man. Watch out, here comes Florida man. <laughs> to holler at this dude. Florida man used a stolen Disney iPad with the VIP app to let his tour group skip the long lines. Get the fuck out of here. This man is a legend. I need to holler at this dude. Alright. The ever-increasing popularity of Disney's theme parks fueled by new attractions like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has resulted in most visits requiring hours and hours and fucking hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of standing in line for rides. I hate it. I hate that shit. I mean, I'm really patient though, so I'm, you know, and I love my wife, so I, I'll, I'll stand in the line forever. But it's just his whack. It just sucks. But a Florida man found a clever solution to the problem. I feel like this this story might be about Burns, because for real, like Burns is slick as fuck with skipping lines and shit. He's really good at it at Disney. And stuff. Yeah, shout out to Burns. But a Florida man found a clever solution to the problem by using an official Disney World app that allows VIPs to skip the lines running on what police say turned out to be a stolen iPad. Get the fuck out of here. You never, nobody steals from fucking Walt Disney. Uh, for guests who didn't want to spend most of their vacation standing in a long queue, Disney introduced a service in 99 called FastPass that allowed guests to secure a spot on a ride at a later time. Shit was great. It was tits. I fucking loved it. And uh, you spend your time waiting in other parts of the park, enjoying other attractions, and you come back and you do your thing. It was eventually joined by other virtual queue services called FastPass Plus and MaxPass, which let guests book spots on rides weeks in advance or pay an optional daily or annual fee to avoid the park's long lines. I mean, capitalism! <laughs> Last month, however, Disney announced that FastPass, FastPass Plus, and MaxPass were being replaced with a new service called Disney Genie Plus. It will charge guests $15 per ticket per day at Disney World and $20 per ticket per day at Disneyland, Cali shit, to skip the long lines and board a ride at a specific schedule time using the park's new Lightning Lane option. Fuck yeah. Get the fuck out of here! Understandably, given how expensive access to the parks already is, many Disney fans were upset. Fucking, where's the magic? Um, at having to shell out even more money to avoid standing in line for what is often hours at a time anyway. Turns out there's yet another option for skipping the long lines at the park that could potentially get you in some trouble with the mouse and the local authorities. In June earlier this year, a 30-year-old Florida man named Renan Carletto uh, was discovered by an investigations manager from the park's uh, tickets and resort fraud department. They got a whole department for that. Using an official Walt Disney World app to create unauthorized reservations in order to skip the line at a Disney Hollywood Studios attraction for a tour group he was leading. Let me fucking find out. This guy's a G. The app in question is provided to official Walt Disney World cast members on approved devices and allows them to skip lines entirely for VIPs and other visitors without having to use the virtual queuing systems made available to regular guests. What I want to know is, I'm fucking, I'm not really famous, but yo, I'm like low-key Florida famous and shit. I need to be getting this VIP treatment they speak of. When I go there, I don't get no VIP treatment. It's bullshit. No clap for that shit. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I never heard of no VIP status. This is bullshit. Um, they told the Disney staff operating the attraction to cancel the reservations and refuse them access, of course. The investigator and an off-duty deputy then followed Carletto to the parking lot to see if they would use the app to create additional reservations. It was a fucking stakeout. 
And when eventually confronted, Carletto claimed he was working for a company called A-Class. <laughs> A-Class. Uh, and that his boss, another man identified only as Tony. <gasps> hey, Tony, you got, the, you got the iPad? Yeah, let's go. We're going to skip the line. Uh, had given the iPad to use and that he uh, had no idea it was stolen property. Get the fuck out of here! Right. Local authorities were called to the park and the iPad was returned to the investigator. The investigator has dealt with Tony in the past for the same issues but could not provide further information on the man because Disney is going to have this motherfucker killed. Get the fuck! Out of here. You better believe Tony's about to get whacked by the mouse. There's no word on how the iPad was removed from the park, but it was apparently never reported stolen. So while Carletto wasn't charged with a crime, Disney did, however, slap him with a trespassing warning for all of its parks. I'm guessing that he is no longer welcome at the Magic Kingdom. Get the fuck out of here! Ah. Uh. Yep, 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 yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me find out. Um, yeah, we out here. We out here. Weeks in advance, months in advance. Find out. You got the plug. I've heard. I've heard of. I've heard of some fucking. Uh, you know, I've heard of some. Some good skipping lines from Burns. That's right. I have. I've heard of some epic fucking stories. Get on the floor. Ah <laughs> oh, man, good times. Um. All right. Well. Um, let's keep it moving, I guess, because we've done a lot of rambling today and we've had some, we've been through some shit today in this episode. We've, we've laughed together. We've cried together. We've taken some dark turns together. We've skipped lines together. We've listened to torn urethras together. Um, yeah, I guess we got to keep it moving. Uh, let's do this. Um, Oh, my man is back with one of my favorite segments. You already know I love the fan interviews. It's time for my two spins. You'll recognize it's uh, Spencer here, biggest fan uh, I've seen every single episode of the podcast. You recognize Spencer here, a longtime caller, been calling for years. My two spins. It's my two spins. Oh, you got an opinion? Well, you can't have it, because it's my two spins. Spins, yeah. Hello, GTFOH Nation. Welcome back to another installment of Fan Interviews with my two spins. This week, I have with me Vinny, the man of many names. Say hi, Vinny. How's it going? Yes, man of many names, indeed. Uh, for those who know, yes, I go by Vinny, uh, Brody, um, my tags on everything else, Instagram, Twitter, Rolo Jenkins, Twitch. Follow me anywhere you can. We'll get to that later. How are you doing, Spence? Oh, I'm great. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, you gave a little bit of an introduction. Uh, why don't you explain who you are and who you are to recognize specifically? Uh, yeah, so came into the the crew, of course, here with um, my gamer tag, mostly uh, Rollo Jenkins. Uh, now currently here, the inaugural champion of the Wrecking Crew League's uh, fantasy football teams. Uh, so we got that ready, <laughs> uh, ready for the next season too. Hopefully to get another trophy. Um, great season, yeah. Uh, other than that, just one of the other people more common in the crew. Simple nonsense talker. 
Yeah, classic stuff. Um, so how were you introduced to Recognize and Mayday? How did you discover them, and what were your initial impressions? Uh, so I was introduced through Recognize, uh, through Mayday, of course, and um, uh, it was through some of the tours, actually. Uh, I believe it was through 2010-2011 era, like sixes and sevens, uh, hostile takeover tours, too. And seeing them as an opener band, they really catch your eye for sure. So I was more, I, I was more intrigued on them than some of the other acts too. Once you see a normal common tech show, you you go for Tech Nine. But seeing the other artists that are coming with them, Tech Nine, you've seen Seth's crew, you've seen, you you see a good amount of them. And once you're introduced to them, that's you you branch off to their music. And that's and then once you go for Mayday, you realize you have these amazing artists as Burns and recognize. And yeah, that's basically how I led to recognize and learning more about everything else he runs. Yeah, and at that time they would have been uh, the six-person like full band setup where they would on stage with you know a full a drum kit and you know guitar and all of that. Yeah, full six, uh, which is always I, I thought interesting too because you you see them setting up the band. Uh, and then to take everything else away too right afterwards because you're like, wow, that that was that's what really leaves the impression on 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 the crowd too as well because they were a full six man band and even seeing them now uh, for some of the more recent tours, uh, Fire in the Sky, uh, right before COVID, um, even even being a three man band uh, with Burns, Breck, and Noms, it, it's quite 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 still stunning show too as well. Like the way they still interact, uh, their set list is still untouched. Uh, bringing back old music as well as, uh, um, yeah, st still sticking with some of their new jams. Yeah, I I also saw them for the first time back in those tours when they were a six-person band, and and it's I, it's definitely the most memorable live show that that I think I've ever seen. I mean, it's it very much. Really, I still remember it, and it's yeah, it was it was great. So over the years, what has Mayday and Rex music meant to you? Has it impacted your life, and how? Uh, so what it's done really is um, it, it has impacted my life by, uh, uh, you know, some of their better songs too, you know, the, like their tribulations, I guess, are, are more real and uh, they, they do relate to you. Um, getting me through breakups, uh, making me transition from, you know, one shitty job to, to a better perk job. Um, and then just uh, knowing, you know, you can switch your styles up too and it's always good to be that that different that, that that specific different um because that's what i always felt like what mayday is uh they're, they're that different in in the music genre uh but it, it's it's all good like it, it's still totally fine which is made that way to i guess impact it on me uh personally that it's okay to be able to you know stick out and enjoy or do what you like and want what you want to do uh recognize itself too um uh, his music, you know, from his freestyles all the way to, you know, from his original freestyles back when he simply did Rec Wednesdays before the 2019s, he, uh, over the simple, uh, Mayday, uh, Mayday and Chardonnay, uh, back, mm -hmm. back to some of the old days too, you know, where, uh, it, it they able to freestyle and then, you know, go over those beats too, but still have a better a good, better, or, or a nicer meaning story too. Green Funyuns, for example, uh, over a nice, calm uh, rock beat. Uh, it, it's definitely helped. Um, 
it, it's definitely shaped me to like I guess uh, and, and brought in the style of music where it's okay to expand wise too because of their catalog. You, you see their catalog. Um, they, they've they're they've been able to branch and be so different but still so good uh, at that, which is always been uh, I guess the the best thing for to, to do. Yeah, I think that's an interesting and very unique takeaway is kind of like uh, Mayday doing all these different styles and getting out of their own comfort zones kind of makes you want to get out of your own comfort zone sometimes. I guess is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, like it was like starting from uh, whenever they were first signed to Strange, you, you don't see a rock band like that too or, or, or something of that style uh, come, come into that, that specific area of, of Strange music. Where they had, you know, a an independent, notorious, fast tech, you no know, rapper, uh, as uh, tech. Sorry, let me. I need to say that again. Uh, where you have uh, a specific rapper such as Tech Nine, that's uh, you, you know, Vivens in his own ways, and then people like Big Scoob that were in there, uh, Prozac, you know, those horrorcore areas, and then you have like Mayday too, which you know, uh, w was a six-man band at the time too, full guitars and drums. And then two main two main rappers on the on, on the spot. So it it, it was it, it's what's good thing to you know still have that area and branch out and where you enjoy it more uh, from that standpoint uh, after seeing things differently. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you rank Mayday's albums um, or maybe like a, a top three and and a, a least favorite? Uh, top three. Um... Most recently here, I'll, I'm still gonna have to go with South of Fifth. Uh, South of Fifth, top one. Um, Take me to your leader, top two or or number two, of course. Sorry, and it's it, it's definitely a throw uh throw up between Minutes to Midnight, the recent one, and oh yeah, yeah, Minutes to Midnight or or, or Search Party. And then what about for for least favorite? I would say, uh, just because around the time, uh, maybe it's because I I I, st I got less focused on it too after a while. But it was uh, future vintage, um, uh, stuck on an island. Some of the uh, I it, I hate to put that on one of my least favorites, but yeah, stuck on an island, future vintage, and mm, believers. I would say, I hate to put that there because but there it's yeah three between three is tough. Um, and so what is it about South of Fifth that makes it your favorite? Mm -hmm. uh, the way they branched out uh, so far, and um, it was one of the al albums that was actually making me capture back and enjoy Mayday again. Uh, because the, the way they, they just went off on the, on the reggaeton, uh, the reggae uh, tone and uh, the, 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 those specific vibes, and even, even going uh, acoustic uh, style too with the uh, summer... Um, what is it? The the sessions that they had in Miami too. Sugar Sack sessions. Sure, yeah, yeah sure, sure. Um, so it it was kind of, it was kind of nice hearing that vibe too, and that style of how they can go with them. So the the ooze, the you know, from start to finish, it, it's it's a real great album. Uh, not much features too, actually, which is w one of the things I I really do dig and enjoy about that album. The features they do have with Common Kings, uh, some at the very end. Uh, Tech Nine at the very front too, uh, giving that that always that one feature. Still, 
uh, good one. But yeah, start to finish and how they use it to open up the the recent shows uh, has been real good. I, I've I've actually liked that one. And then why do you think uh, you didn't necessarily give one specific least favorite? But why do you think that future vintage didn't quite meet the same mark for you? Um, uh, uh I guess it's a specific tone. Uh, I guess it was just the tone of that one too. Uh, um, mm, uh, I guess not really be able to dig or feel with the vibes too. I guess uh, it started off real great. Jettison, still good bangers. Uh, not not to get wrong. Uh, stay away from you. Uh. But like it, it has not much of a more like full start to listen vibe as, as some of the other ones too that I like. Um, shoot, even smash! I could listen to Smash and Grab like start to finish. Sure. Um, and is there a certain style or genre that you'd like Wreck or Mayday to dive into more? Um, possibly yeah still that reggae vibe uh since, since they did so well with it uh noms noms with the bongos and congos uh they're they're, they're it's like bread and butter it's what it is um they they, they do have the right ooh and then the right background drops to the vocals miyagi i'm talking to you motherfucker um uh that's that, yeah, that, that's I think that's something that they dove into something more of that as well. Or like, like I know they've been wanting to definitely do a, a Miami uh, bass uh, type of you know you know electric beat type of, of of album. So hopefully we could see something like that pump out as well. Um, something something that that maybe goes into more of an electric too. Not not completely dubstep wise, uh, but you know something that still has you know electric you know a pop or like with a, with a deep you know. 808, yeah, 808 drum set bass. Oh man, I could imagine it right now. Yeah, yeah I, I could picture it. I'm thinking like house or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that, exactly. Um, okay, so question from Rec now. What are a few other artists that you'd list as your favorites? Um, currently, some of them, uh, it's hard. Uh, overall, expanse wise, um, oh man, always still gets me. Uh, Yellow Wolf right now, uh, real good hits. Uh, current favorite right now, Joyner Lucas. Um, real compelling stories too. I actually do enjoy that. Uh, if you see some of his, if you hear it on you know on tape, his music is good. But if you see like the, the music videos he lays out, um, some great features, some great. It's like good storytelling. That's why I always like with it. Um, and then yeah, with, within the lyrics to the Will, for example. Um, and then his. Most, uh, I haven't even, even had a take peek of his new album, but his last one, uh, ADHD, uh, was was rather quite well. Uh, other than that, um, her is is picking up as well. Uh, her recent album, good little start to finish listen. Um, but yeah, recently, yeah. Uh, other than that, like, uh, yeah, let's let's branch out a little. Like Twisted, Twisted Magic Enter Entertainment, always good. Um. Some of some of the little horror chord and stuff too. Uh, def definitely like digging down that vibe. That vibe. All right, perfect. Uh, Vinny, Roddy, Rody, uh, Rolo, <laughs> whichever one you want to go by. Um, I appreciate you uh, you being here and answering these questions. Hopefully, it helps wreck in the Mayday crew. Uh, I'll leave it to you. Is there any final remarks you'd like to leave for recognize Mayday or the listeners of the podcast? Um, hopefully, 
we have more people sign up for the 2021 season of the Wrecking Crew League fantasy football team. Uh, cannot wait to redeem my championship, be two times, uh, a two-time winner, as well as that. Um, uh, let, me, let me get a GTFOH stamp uh, for, for this after we drop. Uh, for those people who, for who, those people who are working, and answer their phone while we're working, just to tell the person that they're currently working, can get the fuck out of here because you could just wait and send that shit to voicemail. Let me let me just say that, all right? And let me get two two GTFO8 stamps. Thanks. That's all I need. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. Wreck uh, hit us with the double GTFOH stamp. Thanks. I'm I'm going swimming. Fuck this. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Don't pick up your fucking phone when you're at work, man. What are you doing? Relax. Just let this shit go to voicemail. Why does everybody hate voicemails now? That's what I want to know. Everybody's always like, oh, that, that's old people shit. Don't leave voicemails. I'm like, bro, voicemails are the best, man. Voice, like, you got to leave a comical voicemail. You know what I mean? Ask any of my people that I call. I'll be leaving some epic voicemails. I get it from my mom. My mom leaves epic voicemails. Always. Hilarious shit. My sister does it too. It's a family thing. But voicemails are like, now everyone's like, man, I don't want to voicemail. And I'm like, well, fuck you then. All right, I'm not going to leave you voicemail anyway. Get the fuck out of here. Well, thank you. Um, You can tell that Rody has a ton of names because when Spence sent me the segment, I was like, who the fuck is Vinny? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, Vinny, uh, fucking Rolo Jenkins, a.k.a. Rody was kind enough to help me out when I came to New Mexico recently. Um, the, the merch situation I had uh, worked out for my show fell through like kind of last minute. And I was like telling, I hit up Rody. I was like, man, I know you're in New Mexico. I know you were going to come to one or two of the shows. I'm doing three shows and I need someone to roll with us and do merch, which would be down. And he was kind enough to tag along with us. You know, I mean, I, I paid him too. It wasn't like, I, you know, he didn't do it for charity or Get anything. Get the fuck out of here. But Rody became the Rody. You know what I mean? I did learn, now that I think about it, I did learn on that trip that his name is Vicente. You know what I mean? Which uh, is Burns' dad's name too. So I told him, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. You're Vicente. Yeah, I know Vicente too. But uh, it didn't. I didn't put two and two together. So when I saw Vinny, Vinny interview, I was like, who the fuck is Vinny? Get the fuck out of here. Appreciate you guys for the conversation. All right. Um, I love hearing the insight. I love hearing how uh, people that I, especially Wrecking Crew members that I've been like, you know, conversing with for the past like almost shit year and a half, two years now, uh, how you guys found out about us, how you got onto the music, what your favorite albums are, uh, what other artists you like. That's, you know, I put that question in there because I like to know, uh, you know, I just like to know a few other people that, you know, if you fuck with us heavy, what are a few of your other favorite artists? And, you know, it's, it, it often ranges quite a bit. There's a big spectrum when it comes to Mayday fans. Like, because we make so many different kind of styles of music, I would say, that you, you get a lot of people say a lot of different shit. It's never like everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, I love Nas and Biggie and Jay-Z. Like, it's always a bunch of different random shit. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you, Rody, Roly, Rolo, Jenkins, Vicente, Vinny, uh, you know what I mean? Fantasy football champion or whatever the fuck. I demand a rematch. I was robbed. I was hoodwinked. I was bamboozled. Bullshit. All right. Um, yeah, there we go. You know, time is time is a flat circle to me. So two years, two and a half years, over two years. No, I'm saying it feels like it's just yesterday. 
Uh, let's go before we wrap this whole motherfucker up. We've got a few more things we got to take care of. Let's go to this week's breakdown. Hola, senor Baggins. Hello. It's your boy, Noise. Noise. Wanted to hit you up for a song breakdown on Dear Suicide. And I know it's from another song, but side note, when Burns found you, were you actually damn near suicidal? All right, Noise, we're going to break it down. Suicide. Check Let's it break out. it down. Dear suicide, once again I've called your name. Sitting on Dixie Highway, waiting for passing trains. Careers in freeze frame, I ain't seen shit change. I'm feeling even more pain, cause I'm the one to blame. Two years time, bury my grind feet first. All I could drop was one mixtape and t-shirt. I feel like I'm walking in reverse. I'm trying to get a claim for pictures I frame. Guess I need rebirth. Still no sign of the train. It's a shame. I was hoping Amtrak could split me from my brain. It's a bitch when the people start learning your name. Without large ad campaigns, the memory fades. And the industry ain't nothing but strange. People seem to know the dope from the wax. Still they're funding the lame. Dear suicide, I've been thinking about us chilling. The train never came, so I'm climbing the South Beat building. It's only three stories. The fall should kill me, though. They asked me when my shit gon' drop and now they're gonna fucking know Thinking I can't write songs But that ain't fucking so Rooftop barbecue It must be Jim's brother Joe So scratch that plan And on to the next one I'm tired of using debt funds To save up for breadcrumbs Last item on my list Reads get gun It seems these days The only good I'm sees are dead ones Am I losing my mind? Letting my world tumble Just because I almost fumbled the rhyme I've had females treat me just fine And all I did in return Was go and burn Two bad eyes blind A magi's crime and now I'm falling off the gift horse The pistol's like my tour guide It's time for me to shift course My mom loves to drink My step-pops don't treat her right Selfishness can often blind a man To all the keys of life Mom, your aura is grand And on the real, fuck a man Who can't appreciate you right where you stand God damn, I raise this pistol up and demand If there's somebody watching over me This bullet can't land The gun will just jam And I can reassess all plans Move out of Sam's scam Start building a fam I wonder if I'm just a strand In the hourglass sand I better find Find out quick, click, am I still on the land? Dear suicide. Dear suicide. Dear Suicide from the Waiting Room Mixtape 2000, I want to say uh, 6, I think that mixtape came out now. God damn, holy shit, I'm old as fuck. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I pulled that beat, obviously, for most of you would know, uh, that is a Mob Deep record called The Realist, produced by The Alchemist, off of the Murder Music album, I want to say. Um... I always love that beat, super dope loop. Um, the Alchemist fucking just one of his many really fucking mesmerizing loops. And uh, I pulled it during a time where I was very frustrated with my situation at South Beat Records. 
I my project had been shelved. I was watching the two man Mayday do their thing, and uh, I was like the first artist signed, but I, they like my management had kind of abandoned me on the label, and I was just kind of frustrated with my situation. And um, I I kind of developed um, I developed what happened was one of my best friends from middle school. His mom, I grew up with her. She was like a second mother to me. She she got into some trouble later in her life. Long story short, I don't want to spill all their tea and everything because I don't know how much of it is public, but um, she ended up um, getting into some trouble. She got deported back to her home country, and then she got really depressed, and she had she was bi- I believe she was bipolar, and she ended up taking her own life. And um, <clears throat> it was shocking to me when I found out about it um, and it was just it was like very jarring and I I'd run into suicide a few times already in my life um, fr- uh, young when I was really young a friend of mine uh, who we went to school with his stepfather committed suicide in a very bizarre fashion and I remember hearing the story and talking about it with my mom and uh, it was just very like jarring to me I always was just so Fascinated is like the wrong word to use, but it's the only word that pops into my head. I was just very perplexed by why would someone do this? And then when you decide you want to do that and and you're going to take your life, take your own life to build the courage up to be able to do that. If you're within your right state of mind, it's it's fucking amazing. It's it's, it's insane. It's insane. I just can't fathom what that process is like, Um, because I don't think everyone that does that is crazy. You know, some people are just that distraught. I don't know you know I, I don't know there's it's very it's it's a dense subject let's put it that way so um when dear suicide came up in my head it was really just me writing out these frustrations on this record label i was on and um i'd also had family tell me stories about near suicides and suicide attempts and like it was just very in my mind at the time and um I, when Burns referred to it on Shortcuts and Dead Ends, it was his clever way of saying, like, when I linked up with Rec, he was, you know, he was writing about suicide a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was personally never on the verge of suicide myself, but I I had been surrounded by it and run into all these situations to the point where I was just, like, trying to study in my writing what that mindset is like. And, um just trying to understand it better really envelop like you know how could i help someone that was close to me that might be showing a symptom or uh you know might be showing some sort of sign that they might be in trouble um so it uh it it turned into that it was just a one verse joint that was kind of a mixtape style record that went on uh waiting room and then i liked i held on to the concept and i i was gonna do a sequel to it and I did, I think it was 2009 or 10, I did a version to, I want to say it was like a Drake instrumental, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I think it was 2010. And I never, I think it might be on my SoundCloud, but it never made it onto any project. But to me, I wanted to like cap off the series of like that train of thought, that saga that I had started on Waiting Room. And I did it on Rooftops. And Burn One produced... Um, the dear suicide that's on there and that one uh is probably my favorite out of all of them i was almost gonna play that one instead of this original one but i was pretty sure you meant the original one um that one if you haven't heard that one before i would it's 
it's one that I sleep on because it's on a mixtape and it's not on my album <clears throat> or any of my albums. But when I think about like someone hearing a record of mine or, or like, oh, who would you show? Like, you know, if you wanted to show somebody one of your verses, the my verses on that joint are some of my personal favorites. Um, and that was my way of saying, like, I don't think I'm going to, you know, the noose was also an, an example of that train of thought. Like, that's why I wrote the noose. Um, so that last deer suicide on rooftops was my way of saying, like, I'm going to put that train of thought to bed and keep, you know, go explore other things. Um, and, you know, you can when you hear if you hear the record and go listen to it, you can kind of see how I basically wanted to uh, close the series off. So, yeah, um, Dear Suicide. I get a lot of comments about that one over the years. And um, yeah, it's always crazy to me how it resonated with people when, you know, to me, it was just I, didn't, I never thought it was going to resonate with people the way it did, especially being a mixtape like Beat Jack record. But um, yeah, noise. Thank you for the request. Good morning, Tony. Um, I can't play it. I can't play the rooftops. Man. I don't have it handy. I don't think right this moment. But uh, but look it up. It's on my Bandcamp. Recognize.bandcamp.com. Holla at you. Holla at you. Bye. He almost didn't make it for this episode, folks. He came really close to not making it. And I was scared because without him, we might be fucking lost. All right. Um, we have one line this week, uh, and it comes from the one and only, our weekly savior, the Dali Gagne. Uh, let's fucking do a line with Mr. Denny Gagne himself. What up, Rick? Gotta say that last FNL was fucking outstanding. Definitely in my top five all time. Thank you so much for always going that extra mile. Much appreciated. So this week I'm going to change it up. I got a question for you. I've been wondering lately, has or were there ever alternate titles for each of yours and Mayday's albums? And how did each album end up getting named what they are? I'm looking forward to hearing the answers. Gagne out. Gagne fucking out. Make some noise for Denny Gagne, everybody. That's a good question, actually. Shit. Um, man. <clears throat> uh, how do how do our albums get the titles they get? When it's solo, um, you know, for me, alliteration was always a key. I, I did A Sorry for Skeptics. I did The War Within. I did Pressure Point. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, um, I, I was like kind of had a themes going, running through them. So it was kind of, you know, I was following a theme. So it's, that's kind of how that goes. But with the Mayday stuff, it, it, it often pops up from a conversation. Uh, Burns also often comes with ideas for the album titles. Um, you know, it'll be something we hear, something we kind of like you know, uh, pick up in a conversation or we think about or see in a movie or something. Um, Take Me to Your Leader was like, we wanted to basically like, when we got on Strange, it was our way of saying like, yo, we here. We need to talk to the boss. Like whoever's running this shit, you know, we need to fucking, we need to go see them because we got shit to say. You know what I mean? That was kind of the, 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 the thought process behind Take Me to Your Leader. Believers was supposed to be BLVRS, uh, as Spencer mentioned in the comments. Um, we, we were, we were persuaded not to go with that, uh, because at the time marketing your CD and getting your, you know, shit on the shelf and making sure people could find it was important to the record label and to the distributor. So they didn't think that people were going to be able to find BLVRS as easy. Get the fuck out of here. I still don't fully agree with that one, but Hey, whatever. It's cool. We just made it believers instead. Um, 
I don't think the other Mayday albums, I think we've always, uh, we never had a ton of options. We always zeroed in on it real early. I, I can tell you, just because it's the easiest to remember for me, Minute to Midnight was me going to the studio. We were, we were talking about working on the next record, and I told Burns in the studio, yo, man, did you see the news? Like, they just moved the doomsday clock. The, the news, the headlines that day was, yo, they just moved the doomsday clock. It's um, <clears throat> three minutes to midnight, or it's now it's a minute to midnight. I think it's a minute to midnight. It was, it was the actual thing. And I told him, yo, like, damn, they moved the doomsday clock. Now it's, a, it's one minute to midnight. And he tweeted that night after we all left the studio. He was like, yo, I think Rec came with the title for the new album. And he didn't even realize it. And then I was like thinking, what the fuck did I say? I don't remember saying anything important. I don't remember saying anything dope. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, 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 I asked him and he was like minute to midnight. And I was like, oh, shit, I fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Let's go minute to midnight. Yeah. So it, it's tough for me to recall, Denny, really, like, the Mayday albums, like, how they come to fruition uh, with Future Vintage. I feel like we were talking about wanting to do something that was kind of like a throwback to where we had come from before and where we were going. So that kind of Future Vintage, you know, I don't know if we had any other options for that one or alternatives. I don't remember in my, in my head. I know we had an alternative cover to Future Vintage um, and then we, that we, didn't, we weren't crazy about it. We made another cover. But, um... Yeah, and Search Party was also kind of like, where are we at in our journey right now? It often has to do with Mayday. It also often has to do like, where are we at in the current journey? Where have we been? What are we trying to say? What do we want to do with the music? South of Fifth, obviously, is a place that kind of in, is indicative of like the sound of the music. Um, so, you know, it kind of, kind of has um, some rhyme to the reason. With um, I can't tell you this. I did look it up for you. I did, because I, I remembered having a notepad and this, this note is dated. I, this is how fucked up my head is. I was like, yo, now that you mention it, The War Within has multiple, uh, ti I had mul multiple title suggestions for The War Within before I named it. So this album, Scratch Pad, where I had listed down possible album titles, October 1st, 2012, 6.12 p.m. Um, here's where The War Within was my top pick. I was like, yo, I think I'm gonna call the album The War Within. But in case not, I think I tested this out on, on Drea and Burns and the rest of the crew, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so then I had Inside Lines, Leaps and Boundaries, that was before Shortcuts and Dead Ends, Internal Breeding, it's supposed to be Internal Bleeding, but it says Internal Breeding, uh, Split Precision, Schizophrantic, terrible, The Beast Within, and Inimosity. Fuck, get the, get the fuck out of here. Out of here. <laughs> terrible. Fucking terrible. What was I thinking with internal breeding? Did I mean did I mean to write internal bleeding? Those are all terrible. I, I think inside lines was the only one that I kind of other. That was probably why it was second. I like kind of thought inside lines was okay. Uh, the rest of them were kind of meh. They don't really work good for the album. But yeah, I had other. Those were like they were never like gonna be titles, but those were like me spitballing to you know whatever. But look, War Within was at the fucking top. So I knew War Within was going to be the one, you know. Um, the naming parts is always weird. You know what I'm saying? Like naming the shit. Sometimes you spend so much effort, so much time on an album title or a, a album cover even. And a lot of times it can be argued that it doesn't really fucking in this day and age even make a fucking difference sometimes. Get the fuck out of here. I'd like to think it always makes a fucking difference as an artist. But sometimes as far as marketing goes, as far as like 
exposure and all that shit, sometimes, you, you know, you feel like it, you, it might not make a difference, you know? Fuck do I know? Oh, anyways, um... Hi, Wakanai. Hi, Aaliyah. Good evening to you. I hope you're doing well. Um, there you go. That's the fucking show, folks. Episode 54. Protect life. Shout out to Madam Drea uh, for tuning in tonight. Mayday's own. Mayday's very own. Head bitch in charge. HBIC. Uh, she got all the fresh baked CBD goodies you could fucking put your fucking mouth on. Uh, check her out at, uh, is it sourceshops.com? I think it's thesourceshops.com. Uh, or, or check her out on IG at Madam Drea. Madame Drea. Uh, so, yeah, check her out. She got the fire shit, sugar-free, uh, gluten-free, keto-friendly. You know what I mean? Check her out. Um, and, yeah, if you haven't already, get your tickets for the Mayday Hard to Leave Tour. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we are kicking off October 7th in Gainesville, Florida. Ah, look. Um, coming to a city hopefully near you. We got VIP packages limited to 10 or under in every show uh so if you want to grab one of those it's the maydayshop.com or you can just go to maydayonline.com and we have all our shit listed there i just went through the whole fucking website because you know i'll be out here doing trying to do everything went through the whole website and made sure we had some shit that was old and outdated and broken so i tried to fix the website up a little bit so if you go to maydayonline.com you'll find all the information you need right there with all the ticket links all the vips everything please come out and see us we're really uh i'm personally apprehensive and nervous about this tour but also excited and aroused yeah. Let's go. I love you guys. Uh, share this show for me. Fucking listen to it on your favorite audio podcast platform. At least just click it and press play, even though you hung out with me tonight live. Uh, we're up on YouTube tomorrow in the morning. Um, I'm really going to try and um, make a push. I just want to say I, we just broke a thousand subscribers on fucking YouTube. All right. So shout out to you guys for that shit. Thank you. I need a YouTube plaque, whether it's a recognized one, a Mayday one, a fucking GTFOH podcast one. I need a motherfucking plaque, and that is, starts at 100,000. Goddamn, it feels like it's so far away. Um, we're halfway there for Mayday. I'm, like, almost halfway there for my rec uh, YouTube, which I need to put more love into. It's just there's only so much time in the day. But maybe the podcast will just zoom up there and get there. But anyways, we broke 1,000. Uh, go to the YouTube channel. And do me a favor and stream, comment, fucking like and subscribe, all that fucking shit for me because it's very helpful for the uh, bitch-ass algorithm. You already know what time it is. So I love y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's only right if it's your first night here, you have to be jumped in, you have to be initiated, and the only way to do that is to play the fucking song. It's that time again We gotta say goodnight You know it's getting late Tomorrow is another day My friend All right, people Time to go home. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Now you're making me mad. You're gonna make 
me swear Get the fuck out of here Finish up that beer You might as well call it a night, my friend You're gonna have to Get the fuck out You heard me So long, arrivederci, sayonara Get the fuck out Ciao, good night Bye-bye, so long, farewell See you later, alligator In a while, crocodile, shake it now Get the fuck out Get the fuck out of here Come on, give me a fucking break Can I get a refill, please? Hey, you! The GTFOH Podcast. Learn more at thegtfohpodcast.com. Just what the world needed, one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here.